0: You're listening to KCBS
1: In-Depth. People are beginning to wake up to the downside of the tech world. The people, places, and issues the Bay Area is talking about. We need to find ways to share this wealth so that people aren't suffering on the streets. You're giving your time to help others, and in the process, it helps you as well. The more people who see what happens over in the
0: courthouse and know what's really going on, people would really be horrified. This is
2: KCBS In-Depth.
0: As the weather warms up, the great outdoors is beginning to beckon, and California's much-loved parks, campgrounds, and beaches are starting to fill up. But with COVID-19 still circulating, and lockdown orders still in place, are these outdoor excursions really safe? I'm Keith Manconi. this is KCBS In-Depth, and today in the program... We'll get the view from both a virologist and an outdoors expert as to how all this fun in the sun can be enjoyed responsibly. We're going to invite first onto the program now that outdoors expert who will be a familiar voice to most KCBS listeners. That is KCBS and San Francisco Chronicle Outdoors editor Tom Steenstra. Tom Steenstra, welcome to KCBS In Depth.
1: All right. What sets you free? There's the answer.
0: There we go. Well, that'll be the answer to uh, most of the questions today. Just uh, we're going to find various routes to it. But uh, and that actually segues well into how I wanted to set this up, which is the fact that one of the perks for your job is that you yourself get to spend quite a bit of time in the great outdoors. That is just Uh, A hazard of somebody who reports on parks and beaches and and all the wonderful things that uh, California has in its great outdoors. So you, during this pandemic, have uh, had ample time to see what the outdoor situation is like. I'm I'm curious, what has the ability to go outside and uh, see those parks, see those outdoor spaces? What has that meant for you during this, uh, you know, this difficult time where most of us are very concerned, very worried and uh, quite cooped up?
1: Well, as doctors tell you, there's a right way to do it and there's a wrong way. If you do it the right way, there's no reason you can't hike, bike, boat, fish, camp, wildlife, watch, explore, get out and do wildlife photography or photograph photograph nature. What sets you free? It's still out there, but you have to do it the right way.
0: Right. And... Luckily for you, I suppose, you are living up in Siskiyou County with uh, not too many close neighbors. You're about as socially distanced as somebody can get. And so uh, imagine that you're largely doing it the right way. Do, have you found the fact that you have been able to enjoy those natural places? Uh, have you found some solace in that? Uh, as you know, as many of us, I, I imagine, are having a tough time coping with the anxieties of this pandemic.
1: Well, if you can find a place to call your own. It doesn't matter where you live. And uh, we, I only do it with people under the same roof, from my family members. Um, I'm not doing things with people that I don't, and I'm not around all the time. And I wish I could take every person in California for a flight in an airplane. When I learned how to fly, I looked down across California. and It was amazing all the places that people don't go. 95% of the people go to 5% of the areas. All you have to do is join my 5% club. This last weekend was a great example. Ocean Beach in San Francisco was absolutely packed. It's outrageous. You know, I, I couldn't believe my eyes. And yet just south from Fort Funston to Muscle Rock is miles of wilderness beach. If you're just willing to walk a mile or two, you can find a spot to call your own. It's like this across the state.
0: Right, and if you do find that spot that you can call your own, you can spread out a little bit more and be less at risk from the crowds. So. With that in mind, uh, we're hearing both there a little bit about what is in store and uh, the perks of getting to go outside, but also some of the challenges that people are discovering during this uh, difficult time. So with that in mind, let's welcome on now our next guest. That would be Paula Cannon. She's a professor of microbiology and immunology at the Keck School of Medicine at the University of Southern California. Professor Cannon, welcome to KCBS In Depth as well.
2: Hello, Keith. And hi, Tom.
0: So... You know, we face that contradiction and that challenge right now of folks do want to make it outside. But as uh, Tom just mentioned, we're seeing lots of examples of people kind of clumping up and perhaps not being quite as responsible as they could be. How do you think about those, the relative risks and benefits of going outside right now? On the one hand, I think a lot of people need it for their mental stability. People probably even need it for their vitamin D intake. uh, But there are the risks as well. How do you you think about those risks as a virologist?
2: Sure. So I think really, Keith, it comes down to having a little bit of planning ahead of time and maybe a reality check. I'm very envious um, about where Tom lives because I live in sort of the middle of Los Angeles. So those wild, deserted spaces are kind of hard to find unless I get in my car and drive. But having said that, even in the little city that I live in, I know that there are parts of the city where people are less likely to go. And so if I'm going for a walk with my husband, for example, you know, we don't go down the most beautiful street with the lovely big houses we like to look at. Instead, we kind of take more of the sort of the back streets where we know that first of all, we are just far less likely to encounter anybody. And then secondly, because I think this is an important part of being thoughtful, we also plan our routes so that um, as we go, as we are walking, we have a good sight line. And by that, I mean that, you know, if somebody is going to sort of, you know, come around a corner, we can see them. If somebody is going to walk out of their driveway, we can see them because we aim to avoid sort of unexpected encounters with our lovely neighbors. And we do that for two reasons. One, because we want to protect ourselves and other people and be able to always maintain good physical distancing. Um, But in addition, we're also big on not stressing other people out. And I, you know, I've seen some of my neighbors who kind of, you know, sort of shrink back when they, you know, they see somebody else coming along a sidewalk. And I think you can go out of your way to limit that anxiety. You know, if, if I see somebody 100 yards in front of me, 50 yards, I'm stepping out into the, you know, off the sidewalk, I'm giving them space, I'm Signaling to them that, you know, as part of our social contract with each other, I'm respecting their physical distance. So I try to plan my route so that I can practice both actual physical distance and kind of intentional planned ahead of time, uh, physical distancing as well.
0: Yeah, so definitely being considerate uh, is important in so many aspects of life, especially when we're all dealing with this same pandemic together at the same time. Professor Cannon, uh, I wonder, though, obviously, anytime you go outside, you are taking on some amount of additional risk. Is, 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 is it important, though, to perhaps accept some of that risk and just mitigate it as, as best we can? Uh, it, because, you know, people do need their outdoor exposure to some degree.
2: Sure, sure. And I think it's actually quite straightforward to sort of have some guidelines about how to really minimize your risk to, you know, practically zero. So first of all, you know, as a virologist, I can tell you that the outdoors is way more safer than the indoors. It's just a matter yeah. of volume and dilution. If somebody has COVID and they are breathing it out or coughing it out, I think everybody understands that a, a small room will concentrate it, whereas the great outdoors, where there is no ceiling, any virus will rapidly dissipate and be diluted out. So first of all, hands down, outside is more is safer than inside. Um then, in addition, I think you can think about the types of outdoor spaces and the likelihood of an encounter with another person. You know, I think we we've all seen those horrific, pe- you know, photographs of people kind of, you know, crowded together in pools and crowded together on beaches, and they're the, um, you know, that physical distancing is not being practiced. And you may yourself think, well, I know a hidden little beach, or I know a trail that I can go on. Um, and I'm going to be completely safe because I'm not going to encounter another person. But I think it's wise to actually think through the whole process and think, well, okay, maybe for example, on the trail I may not encounter anybody. But what about the parking lot? What about that narrow little turnstile I have to go through or entranceway to get on into the park? What you know? What day is it? Is it a, Is it you know Memorial Day weekend and everybody's going to be out, or is it instead? Wednesday after Memorial Day when far fewer people are going to be there. So just thinking through what's the likelihood of crowding, what are the potential, if you like, danger um, spots where I could find it difficult to be physically distanced and sort of think that through and have a plan. Honestly, um, Keith, sometimes I say to people, you know, there's a lovely um, uh, natural place near where I live called Easton Canyon. I would love to go for a hike there. But so would half of Los Angeles. So maybe, you know, just for now, I'm going to kind of uh, pass on that, um, you know, pleasure. And instead, I'm going to choose, you know, less visited places. And even when I get there, if I see that the parking lot is full, overflow, if I see people hanging around at the entrance, maybe I just get back in my car and I think, OK, you know, let's go somewhere else. So people yeah. people can do this.
0: Yeah, and I think that that's going to be a theme of today's conversation, just Finding those lesser-used parts of California's great outdoors, because there are a lot of them, and if everybody were to spread out into them, we'd all be in quite a bit better shape. Real quick, before we go on, I want to remind our listeners that they are listening to KCBS In-Depth, their weekly deep dive into the events and trends shaping life in the Bay Area and beyond. Today on the program, the great outdoors are calling, but is there a way to head outside without spreading the virus. We're getting the perspective from KCBS and San Francisco Chronicle Outdoors editor Tom Steenstra, as well as Paula Cannon. She's a professor of microbiology and immunology at the Keck School of Medicine at the University of Southern California. Now, uh, Tom Steenstra, bringing you back into the conversation, I think that it has been pretty difficult for a lot of us to track exactly what is open, what is not open, because every park district is dealing with this pandemic a little bit differently what are the general guidelines you can give us for what we can expect to be open and how can we learn more if we're unsure?
1: Well, first off, that exact question has been coming into me day after day. So at the San Francisco Chronicle, we created what we call the Great Outdoors Tracker. I've been to every one of the 350 outdoor recreation destinations in the Bay Area and we have a click-on interactive map each of those spots it tells you what's open, what's closed, and what the conditions are, as well as a link to the story I wrote when I visited. And uh, that's really helped in the Bay Area. When you get beyond the Bay Area, any place that has had traditional crowds like Yosemite, Sequoia Kings Canyon, Mount Whitney, Lake Tahoe, Big Sur, those places are going to be closed. So what does that mean? Well, there's 400 lakes you can drive to in California. There's 190 lakes that don't have boat ramps in National Forest land, where you can like throw your camping gear in the back, a kayak on the top and create your own space. The campsites in National Forest is about 800 are reopening on a phase in basis over the next three and four weeks. A lot are open this weekend. In fact, today and this weekend, Lassen Volcanic National Park is reopening, the first major national park in California. So we're seeing a lot of opportunity. You just can't go to the Redwood Empire, Redwood National Park, Tahoe, and so on. You've got to think a little bit outside the normal sphere of influence of these big places. You do that, and there's 19 million acres of national forests in California with 800 campgrounds. That's the answer for this summer.
0: Yeah, well, for those of us that are new to the outdoors, I mean, we've all we've all spent some amount of time outdoors. But for those of us that the term that uh, Tom Steenstra used uh, for my type of person, I think we could say uh, before this uh, interview began was a uh, cubicle person. the the folks that are not getting enough sunlight, the people that are not getting outside enough. For people like us that have been stuck inside too much of their life, how do we find out what? other opportunities there are for getting outdoors that are a little bit more off the beaten track. Where should we start?
1: Well I guess that's why my camping book is selling so well. The number <laughs> one selling outdoor book in the world. Give it a it, give it a it, plug. It, What's the name? It's it's, it's Moon California Camping. It has every single campground in California. So no matter where you are, you'll never get stuck for the night looking for a spot. I've given my book away to hundreds of people I see sleeping in their cars because they don't know where to go. And uh, but the first answer is don't plan on going to a mainstream spot. Write down every lake you know. Most people know ten to twenty. There's three hundred eighty more. Pick one of those.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's, it's it's a good opportunity for all of us to get to know this state. Uh, a little bit better than we have before. And that's kind of the interesting thing about this pandemic is there's been so many different aspects of our lives that I think it's uh, forced us to refocus on and re-examine and and, uh, learn about a little bit more. Uh, Paula Cannon, uh, turning back to you, so I think that a lot of people may have this sense of security as soon as they're outside. They feel like we have heard that the rates of transmission are lower outside. There is a little bit of added security. And I think that people may have the tendency to let their guard down as soon as they hear that. And they think, you know, the it's outdoors, it's sunny. What could really happen out here? Uh, so help us understand what, how, how exactly would this virus transmit? If I'm, you know, walking down the trail, I encounter somebody I know, and we we start talking on the trail for a couple of minutes. Is that is that really putting us at more risk?
2: Sure. So actually, it is. Um, the virus lives inside our throat and the tops of our lungs, and so when we speak or breathe, and certainly when we cough or sneeze, we are producing what we call respiratory droplets that kind of come out of our, you know, mouths and noses. And hang in the air for a few minutes and then start to settle down. So, if you can sort of do the visual, um, you know, uh, imagination of the fact that you are, if you like, surrounded by a mist of potentially virus containing droplets that you have created, um, you can then understand that, you know, this mist will dissipate and it won't go very far. So, this is why, even you know, even if somebody's infected, if they are standing six feet or ideally, you know, even more than six feet away from somebody else, these droplets are not going to reach them. So, when you are on a trail and you are passing somebody else and you are six feet or more away, there's really very, very low risk of transmission. But if you stop and start to chat to somebody, and if you are unlucky enough that that person you are talking to is currently infected and is maybe one of the people who has even higher levels of the virus in their body, some people do, then, you know, they are creating this mist of droplets. And um what I sort of say to my friends is, you know, if somebody's smoking a cigarette and they're six feet away from you, you can kind of still smell it, right? So I think of it like this. I'm like, how how far back do you need to go to ensure that any virus is diluted and dissipated to make you as safe as possible. And of course, you know, being 100 feet away is a lot safer than being six feet away, but kind of impractical. But just kind of bear that in mind that it's um, it's all about reducing the risk. Um, distance will reduce the risk, won't ever reduce it to absolute zero, nothing in life is guaranteed to be 100% safe. But you know, A reality, practical distance of, you know, six feet or more is really, especially if you're outdoors, going to, you know, massively reduce any chance of you being exposed.
0: Yeah. Well, I suppose just a reminder to be a little bit more thoughtful when you head outside, Real quick, one last time, I want to remind our listeners that you are listening to KCBS in depth today on the program. California's famous beaches and parks are now more tempting than ever. We're discussing how to make that trip outside safely. Our guides on this excursion are KCBS and San Francisco Chronicle Outdoors editor Tom Steenstra and Paula Cannon, professor of microbiology and immunology at the Keck School of Medicine at the University of Southern California. Tom Steenstra, so one thing that I imagine folks will need to keep in mind when they do head back to that. Uh, park or that beach, even if the park is open, they may have certain restrictions in place. Like I know some beaches, uh, you can do activities in the water, but you can't necessarily sit on on the sand. Or some parks may still have some facilities closed or even parking lots closed. What are the sorts of questions that people should be asking themselves before they head out to one of these
1: outdoor facilities? First rule is never be a prisoner of hope, Ever. Always go out in complete command of your situation, and never guess your way through anything. You know, a good example is Castle Rock State Park is opening this weekend. It's on Skyline of Buffalo, Gatos. It's a beautiful place. And uh, what they're doing there is they're creating a loop trail with a one-way route, and that's how they're solving cross-traffic. Every park is gonna have its own way. Uh, In Yosemite, they're talking about parking and entry by reservation only with a quota of about 50% of past use. They haven't announced when this is going to start yet, but that's how they're going to approach. Most of the main parks on the coast, Sonoma, Mendocino, Marin, San Mateo County, and Santa Cruz, they're the ones that seem to be the last to open. Uh, They're worried about crowding and parking and then people only walking about 40 or 50 yards onto the beach before they sit down, and then clustering in groups and turning an outdoor event into a social activity, you know, where they're there for the social interaction, not for nature. That's really one be the that's gonna be one of the biggest conflicts to overcome on the coast as we move forward.
0: And Professor Cannon, uh, any, anything else that you would add to the list of things that people need to make sure that they keep in mind? So you, you talked about, you know, being polite, making sure that you're keeping your distance. Uh, you talked about uh, wearing masks in most situations. Anything else that people need to keep on their checklist?
2: No, I, I like Tom's, um, you know, idea of, you know, um, hope <laughs> or lack thereof. And I, I think I would just reinforce that have, have a plan A, but also have a plan B. You know, if you get to a situation and it's, uh, you know, you can tell that everybody's sort of behaving appropriately and respectfully, then you know that's a very safe situation. If you get somewhere else and, you know, people are maybe not, including i'm I'm going to be blunt and say you know places where people maybe are going for a party experience uh you know if people start drinking alcohol, all these good intentions they may have about wearing a mask and staying apart can go out of the window, so you know that would also factor into my thinking um but i I think you know you can find beautiful outdoor spaces, even gosh you know even in our own you know our, our own little gardens or areas around us. I would encourage people to get out it's um it's crazy being cooped up in our houses, and I think the last piece of advice I give, which is just based on my experience, this you know these past few days, is maybe don't do it on Saturday and Sunday if you hmm. have the privilege of working from home and uh, you have a boss who maybe isn't tracking your every keystroke, then maybe you should you know go out on Wednesday afternoon rather than Saturday afternoon.
0: Yeah. Wait, no, no, what's your take, uh, Professor Cannon, on folks driving? too far away parks? Because I think the recommendation early on was you only wanted to go to the recreational areas that were close to your home. If people are driving across the state to find the most scenic spots, does that potentially run the risk of driving the transmission from places where there may be more infections to places where there are less infections?
2: Yes, no, absolutely. And and the reason that that's important is because as we know, throughout California, different counties are um, opening up in different stages. So, you know, some of our more rural counties, which have currently very low rates of COVID, are allowed to be much more open than, for example, Los Angeles. So if people from Los Angeles decide they're going to drive a couple of hundred miles to these beautiful rural spots, then what they're doing is they're introducing an additional risk into those areas. And those areas are, maybe are not currently, um, you know, operating under the um but you know the same sort of degree of openness or lack thereof as Los Angeles so i think i would just say you know be mindful of that and that and that's why we ask people to sort of stay around there are beautiful spots you know local to everybody in california it's why we live here you know and um and again as tom was saying you know maybe you you just decide that this is the season when you discover those off the beaten track places that you've never been to before and you find the beauty in your own sort of backyard and neighborhood
0: So would that be, would you say that your advice would be just don't go out of your own county or more nuanced than that?
2: Most ideally, I would say don't go out of your own county. Um, And again, for the reason that if you are from a high density urban environment, the Bay Area or Los Angeles, we have much higher rates of COVID. And therefore, even if you think you're invincible, even if you have more symptoms, no symptoms, my, my apologies, You have to recognize the fact that there is a tiny but non-zero chance that you could be infected and you could be taking that infection into these areas where there is lower levels of COVID. And so maybe people are, you know, behaving in ways that are not quite as stringent as the Bay Area and Los Angeles.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, a lot of food for thought as we think about how to re-enter this brave, big world of ours safely. Uh, let's uh, wrap up the show just with, with the fun parts of this summer, what we actually have to look forward to, why it is worth heading outside. Let's turn to the man with the advice and the plan for outdoors excursions. Tom Steenstra, what are your major pieces of advice for people to get the most out of their outdoor life this summer?
1: Well, first off, do the right thing because uh, we're already seeing people from six different Western states arrive from faraway points in Northern California. And uh, when they show up, it's okay if they do the right thing. Have a mask around your neck, put it on when you're around somebody else, at least. And we're seeing that occasionally ignored and drives a lot of people crazy that live in rural areas with low infection rates. The other thing is don't put your life on hold. No matter where you live, whether you do it in your backyard or at a local park or in the national forest or in wilderness, do what you love because this is an address rehearsal. You know, we've seen people and uh, I I get letters from folks who have gotten sick and they say, God, I really wish I'd gone to these places and seen the world like you have. And uh, now my life is ending and I didn't didn't get to see it. You know, this isn't a dress rehearsal. So in your behavior, do the right thing. And where you go, go to a beautiful place that you can call your own, not to the place where there's a million other people in a bubble.
0: Yeah, no, it's definitely good advice. Uh, Paula, I want to. I want to give you a chance as somebody who. Sound, it sounds like you're planning some outdoor excursions as well. Anything that uh, you'd, you'd want to put to Tom at this point, since we have him on the line?
2: Oh my gosh, yes! I need Tom to give me a list of secret um, beachside campgrounds. I, I'm. I love being outdoors, but my version of the outdoors is the ocean and sand, and then camping under a beautiful oak grove. So. Um, you know, I tend to go in the beaches north of Los Angeles and north of Santa Barbara. It's a beautiful, unspoilt piece of coast there. I feel like I shouldn't tell everybody about this. Um, <laughs> but, um, that's, that's where I tend to go. I'm, I'm, you know, maybe Tom can, can nudge me to be a little more adventurous in, in what I should do with my family and my car camping setup. There you go. I've confessed to that.
1: Well, I I lived on the coast for 15 years, and um, I had the same thing. I wanted to know every single spot. I flew my plane from the Mexico-California border, south of San Diego, all the way up the coast at low altitude, to look at every single beach, cliff, cove, all the way to Oregon. And uh, it's extraordinary. We have 1,200 miles of coast. And... Uh, And yet the handful of campgrounds especially along southern california and monterey bay and santa cruz are packed absolutely packed donny state beach will sell out their reservations in 12 minutes and um you just need to keep going to be honest and if you can when you get to the beach hike a little even a short distance around into a cove to create your own spot especially in the redwood empire You can have your own beach front camp all to yourself. I've done it many times
0: you can have your own beach. I think that that is the perfect sentiment to wrap this uh, interview up on. And I do thank both of you for joining us today. This, once again, was KCBS In Depth. We have been speaking to both Paula Cannon, Professor of Microbiology and Immunology at the Keck School of Medicine at the University of Southern California. Thank you for joining us, Professor Cannon.
2: Thank you, Keith. Thank you, Tom.
0: And we've also been speaking to KCBS and San Francisco Chronicle Outdoors editor, Tom Steenstra. Thank you as well, Tom. Enjoy your wilderness. Uh, We're going to do our best. Thank you all for listening for KCBS and In-Depth. I'm Keith Menconi. Stay safe. Enjoy your spring. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to KCBS In-Depth. Get every episode by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other podcast platforms. Visit kcbsradio.com for more news and interviews. We are the Bay Area's news station, KCBS.